The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. to episode 215 this is our third year anniversary show of wrestling with jonas a proud member of the jonas podcasting network and yes three years ago today november 2018 was episode number one of course we weren't doing it live back then but still having a lot of fun three years later and many guests from around the uk europe and International uh, have come on the show and have had a blast speaking to them. Today is no different. Got an international sensation. Uh, Fireball, Francesco Akira. How are you doing, Francesco? Great to have you on the show. And thank you for being such a special guest on this special episode. No worries, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. and Pleasure to meet everyone. And thank you for inviting me here. Oh, 100%. We're going to have some fun over the next hour or so. And anybody that's watching or listening at home, if you want to drop in any questions for Francesco Akira, former All Japan Pro Wrestling World Junior Heavyweight Champion, of course, and so much to talk about his career, um, please send us your questions and we'll do our best to answer every single question live during this broadcast. But uh, Francesco, I have to start with... A bit of an injury update from yourself because you, you have had to drop out of a couple of shows recently. Um, Rev Pro's British J Cup and, of course, this coming weekend uh, would, would have been your debut for Wrestle Carnival. But uh, first of all, how are you? And give us a bit of an update on your injury. So I'm recovering well. It was like a little bit like sad time because I never had like a long time stop injury. Even if it's not a long time because I'm recovering well, it's like feels long time for me because this is my main job. So yeah. it's kind of tough. But you know, I'm recovering well, so I take a like strong strong hit on my right knee. So right. I, I had like a nematoma inside my knee and it's like recovering well, but like little by little. So I had to quit some show and it was really sad because I was really looking forward to that, like the British J Cup, the match with Ridgeway and all of that. But, you know, health come first and I recover soon to come back stronger later. Oh, 100%. We can't wait to see you back. And especially now that you're back over here in Europe and the UK, we want to get to see more of you. But um, and the injury happened during a match. Can you can you remember? Yeah. Can you tell us how the injury happened? It happened like during a match. It was like uh, during a match in Italy. I was doing a suicide dive. But usually I go very fast, but crowd didn't move. So I like slow down at the last to save the crowd, but like I hit my knee very strong on the like floor, and luckily I have I had like my knee pad because if I didn't I was going to break completely my knee. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm guessing that you're able to finish the match, but uh, yeah. how how's how's the the rehabbing going? I'm guessing that you're training hard and you're rehabbing your knee to hopefully come back as soon as you possibly can. Yeah, so I'm still training like the upper part. I didn't stop about that, so I'm going to the gym, like being careful to the knee, like doing some physio, like going to specialist doctor and special visit to like make it recover well. 
So yeah, Poco little by little and recover. Absolutely. Now, uh, Francesco, before we go any further, I need to throw out a quick plug to uh, the sponsors of this podcast. Um, and that, of course, is, if I can just bring it up here, um, the wonderful 1310 Apparel. Uh, they not only sponsor the Jonas Podcaster Network, uh, but this very podcast, Wrestling with Jonas. And if you go over to their store over on the WrestleMerch Central, you can see their exclusive hardcore range there um, and their exclusive Lucha range. And of course, their more traditional 1310 apparel and four corners range they sponsor some of the more uh, well-known wrestlers from around europe and the uk including heidi katrina and northwest strong chris ridgeway uh, who would have been akira's opponent this uh, coming sunday but uh, uh, that will happen somewhere down the line and of course you can take advantage of our offer with 1310 apparel go to their global store at wrestlemote central should be able to click in the link to the description of this podcast or simply go to 1310.merch.global and use the discount code 1310WMC at checkout. So take advantage of that. Um, but uh, Akira, it's, uh, it's back to us again. I want to talk to you about um, the, the matches you've had so far this year. Because you, you, you've, besides the injury, which you're uh, recovering from currently, you've had a phenomenal 2021 um, over here in, in the UK and across Europe as well. Um, but uh, WXW, um, you made your debut for WXW a couple of months ago, I think, back in September yeah. in a match against uh, Robert Dreitzker. And then you had the, the phenomenal four-way match uh, at the Catch Grand Prix against uh, Axel Deitcher, uh, Dennis Dolnig and uh, Tristan Archer, friend of the show, of course. A great way to make an impression on the WXW fans in those two matches. So, yeah, WXW has always been like a big dream for me because, you know, it's one of the top companies in Europe, one of the longest. And, like, few guys from all Japan wrestle for, like, WXW. So, for me, it was really special. And when they contacted me for, like, wrestling in the Catch Grand Prix, it was like, oh, wow, we are doing this. I'm really doing this. So it was kind of dream. And I absolutely love WXW because, like, the fans are great. The organization are great. The wrestler are great. And, like, everyone is good there and, like, very, very talented wrestler. So I had really good time. And being debuted there, like, doing my seminar before, during the day, and then the main event at 9, for me, like, I'm still 21, it was like, wow, <laughs> finally, I'm, little by little, I'm doing something, and I really like it. Yeah, absolutely. And those matches and the talent that you're in the ring with as well. Tell us about that that four-way match because I've seen it back a couple of times. It's just non-stop action between uh, the four of you in the Catch Grand Prix first round. And you weren't successful, but still a fantastic match to be a part of. Yeah, it was like, I really enjoyed the match because, you know, there was like Dennis Tulnik, Tulnik that I met like a long time ago. And yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Tristan Archer, I worked for the first time with him. Like Axman, that is like former WWE. Oh yeah, I could learn so much from Axman and the other guy too, but especially Axman because he has he is so so smart about pro wrestling that gave me like a lot of like open my world. It was really like learning experience for me. I didn't get the win, but you know the experience was great, and I'm ready yeah. to go back and like smash it again. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And over here in the UK, um, you've had some great matches. Um, I think it was for Rev Pro. You fought uh, Robbie X yes. uh, in a really, really fantastic match. And uh, you've recently had a match drop on ICW um, in uh, Insane Championship Wrestling up in Scotland on the WWE Network. Um, and uh, that was against uh, Ian Skinner, I think it yeah, was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, tell us about those two matches, because once again, you, you're fighting like the, the cream of the UK talent there. Yeah, you know, RevPro, like WXW is what is probably the top three. Is like RevPro is the top three of European promotion. He's one one of the best with ICW. So for me, it was like when I before Japan, when I started pro wrestling, it was always me dream to wrestle for this company. I was sending many messages, but didn't get the chance because of course I was still young and didn't. I didn't have the experience I have now, but of course everyone know how talented he's Robbie X. Yeah, and he's really talented. Oh yeah, yeah, and wrestle with him and doing like I think a good match. I very enjoyed it, and it was crazy for me. And like everyone liked it there, so you know it's always that question will be good. Will they like me? You know because you work in Japan is different crowd from European. So, you know, they will like this kind of style or now, but I guess they like it. So with Robbie, it went really good. And with high-end too, ICW, the biggest company in Scotland and like one of the biggest company in Europe and, you know, on the WWE Network too. So I really enjoyed that too. Unfortunately, I had to miss the last show for them, but I'm coming back on Fear and Loafing for the Zero-G title with them. Then... I'm wrestling Robbie X again in two weeks, like at your call. So, oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. We've had somebody get in touch already via Twitch. Uh, how did you find your debut for ICW? Um, so I'm guessing that that's the Ian Skinner match, but uh, a great match that you can go out and check on uh, on Peacock or the WWE Network. But um, and uh, I know that ICW have just opened up their matches to to fans again so that must have been great uh one of your was that your first match for icw against ian skinner ever match yeah first match ever for icw a great first match indeed and uh i know that you had a, an interview backstage and uh i think you were kind of suggesting or maybe hinting that you might be interested or looking to go after the zero g championship is that a title that you have in mind when you go back to icw yeah i mean because of course the heavyweight title is for bigger guy but i really like the zero g title aside from the title himself i really like just the design for yeah. me it's like something i would like to bring home and show to my family so yeah like my i found my debut very good i very enjoyed it the fans were great and the zero g title is interesting for me because the guy that's keeping does it's really interesting. It's like do some, he does some cool like cool stuff. So I can wait to wrestle him. Hopefully I will be one hundred percent so I can wrestle him like how I can. Twenty twenty one was also a, a great year for you so far because 
you came back over here to the UK, but you came back over to Europe and one company in particular, you went back to Italy, didn't you, for uh, Italian Championship Wrestling, another ITW, but Italian Championship Wrestling um, at their Fireball Forever show. Now, I'm guessing that, um, if I'm not mistaken, the name the name of the show was in honour of yourself, quite possibly. Uh, but that must have been really emotional for you to return back to the company that was so important in the early part of your career. Yeah, you know, like ICW, the Italian one, is where I started. So, like, it's where I actually moved my first step in pro wrestling. So, be back there and be in the main event against the founder of this company and one of my teacher was really special. And, you know, they named the show after me. So, like, yeah. the free show I'm doing in Italy, it's all named after me. So... It's kind of cool, like, like why? Very cool. Yeah, it's happening <laughs> to me, so I, like, I want really one of my dreams is to bring Italian wrestling outside of the dark, and there's so many good talent here. So I want to make it grow, and like they give it back to me, like doing some this kind of stuff. So makes me really proud of the, of the job I'm doing. So absolutely, yeah, it was good. Yeah, absolutely. Quite emotional and a very special event for you. But uh, it was uh, Mr. Excellent that you fought, wasn't it, at the, the recent show? And uh, he was one of, if not possibly your first ever opponent when you made your debut at 15 years of age. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was my first wrestling match. I had, like, the mask. And the mask was bigger than my face. So it keeps, like, turning every time. So I had to switch it during the match but yeah mr excellent was like my first opponent yeah, a really cool kind of full circle moment there for you to face yeah. your first ever opponent uh, back in your kind of your home country and your home promotion in Italy, ICW. Really, really cool. Um, but uh, I mean, you mentioned that you're only 21 now, which is hard to believe considering everything you've achieved so far. Um, but six years you've been in the business. Now, I know that you're you're known as the, the, the prodigy boy, uh, but Tell us about your, your wrestling fandom and, and when pro wrestling first came into your life. Um, how much exposure did you have to pro wrestling when you were younger? So, you know, wrestling as always, before it was very big in Italy, before Eddie is dead and before Chris Benoit dead, he's on like a national TV on a good time. Yeah. So it was really popular. Show were like five, ten thousand 10,000 in Italy. WWE were coming and like sold out every time because they were really big. Oh yeah. So I was watching on TV and I was a fan, but I, I wasn't crazy for it. Like I really like it, but not crazy for it. But then I did many sports, but never like it actually, never really pushed myself to it. So one times my mom found like um, a wrestling school near my hometown. And I just went there and that's, that's the story. I just went there and love it from the first training. So I never stopped. Oh, 100%. And what was that kind of inspiration that kind of made you want to be a pro wrestler? Obviously, you was a big fan, but did you always have a desire or an aspiration to be a pro wrestler from a young age? Uh, not so really. Like when, when I started, yes, from 13 years old, 14 years old when I started training, yes. When I was eight or nine or ten, not really. I like it. I want to be Rey Mysterio, 
but who doesn't like everyone wants oh, to be yeah. a superhero yeah 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 not the particular not the special no yeah, and I've got a picture that I want to bring up, and uh, it's of uh, Marty Jones and uh, Johnny Saint, two British wrestling legends. How old was you there, uh, Francesco? <laughs> was that before you started your training, and were they kind of inspirations to you wanting to get into the business yourself? Uh, there, I was already training there, but it's crazy picture, like, age ago. Age ago. And they came for a like, wrestling show in Italy, Right. And Johnny Saint actually wrestled against Mr. Excellent, by the way. Wow. And I was like amazed by him because he's like 70 or more, yeah. I think. So it was like crazy for me. And they did like a seminar. I think Marty Jones did the seminar. And then I went like, I think two weeks later or a month later to England to train at the school of Johnny Saint. I still remember the training because it didn't go well. Like I was shit, not shit, but I was still very green. So I had a lot to learn, but I wasn't happy with my like performance, but I was happy with the experience. Oh, absolutely. And those sort of experiences are so valuable, especially to somebody as, as young as you would have been back then, 15, 16 years old. Um, but but for the first few years of your career, you were very much a, a tag team wrestler, weren't you? And uh, I think you're one half of the, the, the Prodigy Boys, with Gravity, also known as um, Aaron uh, Sky. Tell us about that partnership with Gravity, because the, the two of you were quite successful as a tag team, but also uh, very young. You won titles across Italy. That was quite a, a fundamental time in your early career, wasn't it, the tag team wrestling? Yeah, I started, like, especially, like, tag team wrestling, because in Italy, before there was, like, kind of big guy doing wrestling, and we were very skinny, but together we were like kind of different from the others and we were very young yeah i think he's one year older than me so we started doing this kind of prodigy team uh, it was called like wonder kids like uh, johnny storm so, yeah. so we did that and little by little then i wanted to have my career in single so we kind of like broke up and I went my way and he went his. But yeah, I started like a tag team wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the two of you, I mean, like, like all good tag teams, they always break up in the end and feud. And I think the two of you, you did have a few matches together against one another after your tag team broke up, maybe after the first two or three years um, and some, some championship matches were involved. But uh, that must have been a lot of fun to wrestle one-on-one, -on -one, your, your former tag team partner. Yeah, it was like, because he's good too. Like, he's good. And like wrestling against him, it was fun. We did like, it was one independent company that doesn't exist anymore now, but yeah. they bring like guys like British Strongstyle, Tommy and, and other big names. So we did match like in that show and people like it. So I really enjoyed because you know, it's someone that you know, so you already know what move he does. You already know how he works. So he can be great in the future, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned earlier, uh, Mr. Excellent, the, the the founder of Italian Championship Wrestling and, and Johnny Saint and Marty, Marty Jones there. But who else was quite influential on your kind of early career? Then the first couple of years before you left Italy, who were kind of some of the other mentors that you might have had in Italy? Uh, I had another guy called like Cobra. It's my main trainer in Italy. He's, he's a good wrestler, very good. Like he never went... Like he went sometimes abroad, but he never focused on like living on wrestling, but he's really good. And he's like my main coach before and good friend of mine. So he really took care of me when I started. So actually they didn't take kids from 14 years old, just from 16, but that was very convincing. So he took me in his school and like, I'm glad he did. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure he didn't regret it either, uh, especially with how you developed. But uh, you, you did have a taste of some single success fairly early on in your career as well for uh, Rising Sun Wrestling Promotion, um, also in Italy. And you're, you're a former two-time rising champion for that uh, particular group. Uh, you must have been around about 17, I think, when you won that championship, so still very young. Um, but uh, how was that time for you, especially having a lot of success with your tag team partner and now in singles? All of that success and competition at such an early age uh, must have been a, a, an incredible learning experience for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was probably 17 or 18 when I won the Rising Sun Championship. And it was like a huge moment because when I won the title, there was a good storyline behind. So the fans went nuts. And it's still one of my favorite moments because when I did like one, two, three, people like jumping on their scene. And it was really cool moment and very, very proud of that because even if I was young, the people, the promoter believed in me like yeah. it was like the real the first time apart from icw the first time that actually someone really believed in me and give me the chance to shine and that make me grow a lot like grew up a lot because with that title i had some international experience some international wrestler like ashley dunn flash morgan webster angelico and like very talented guy so from that moment i like kind of give it back to the promoter to say, yo, thank you very much for the opportunity. Now it's time to do the job. So like, yeah. keep working hard and like, be worth of the title. Absolutely. And when you're kind of at that age, 17, 18 years old, you're winning championships already, you've been trusted by the promoter to represent their company. Did you any? Did you feel any any additional pressure, or feel that things were maybe moving a bit too fast at that age, especially when you're being featured so heavily in in main event matches um, at, at such a young age? Did you feel any additional pressure, or how did you cope uh, with, with the pressure that was being put on you? I wouldn't talk about pressure, you know, but more like the impression, you know, highs on of the other people, especially other wrestler. They're like, he's way too young, he's way too skinny, too skinny, bro. And like, so it's not about pressure, but it's like other people's opinion. And especially when you're young, you sure. kind of care about what other people think. So it was tough for them. But luckily, I, it wasn't like 
so important. So yeah, it was like tough because I was young, but I didn't really care. I just wanted to do wrestling and become the better, the best. So yeah, yeah that was my motivation, my main motivation. Yeah, that's a really great answer. Really, really great answer. But uh, when did um, All Japan first come knocking? When, when did All Japan first come into the picture? And uh, who approached who? Did you go to them? Did they come to you? So the story is go back like one month before the actual contact. So I was supposed to wrestle Osprey in a show in Rising Sun. He was coming there like in uh, 2017. And I was supposed to wrestle him, but one week before, because I'm damp, I nearly broke my ankle playing basketball. So, right. so like a damp idiot, I, I couldn't wrestle with Osprey, so I was very sad about it. But one month later, I was invited to a show where like Chris Master and Tajiri was there. My knee, my ankle wasn't still good, but like I was like. I bend it very strong, take painkiller, and like I say, let's let's go. And luckily, it's probably the best decision I ever made in life, because at the show I did like scramble six men, and Tajiri san saw me, and he asked me like my contact and like he asked to the promoter who I was. He I don't know he found something in me. It was interesting, and. So I gave him the contact and few months, few weeks later, we were talking and he was like, you want to come to Japan for two months? That was the beginning, like just for two months. I didn't know if I was going back to Japan or like that kind of stuff. So, and then of course I said yes. And Tajiri-san brought me to Japan, to Akiyama, June at the time. Yes, exactly this show. And Akiyama brought me to the show, to the company and, that's the story of the beginning. Absolutely. And, and you were part of the All Japan Dojo as well, weren't you? So I'm guessing that was the, the training facility for All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, for their trainees. Uh, but uh, how did you find the dojo? Because you always hear these stories of Japanese wrestling dojos being really grueling, very, very hard and tough. Um, but uh, did you find it um, completely different to what you were used to back in Italy? Uh, the story are all true like it's a very tough place <laughs> like dojo is like no you know you cannot leave something like dojo because it's just japanese way like it's completely only from japan so you cannot leave that outside from japan or like for example the la dojo something similar to japanese dojo but no it's like it's a good place because it makes you grow up a lot. Like literally from 19 years old, I stayed there for two years. I completely changed it like person because you need to live with other people. You need to train twice every day. You need to cook the food for everyone and like be respectful, clean and do all this kind of stuff that make you grow up like a person. Like not only just wrestler, of course he does, but especially as a person and like as a human being. But yeah, it's a tough place. Like for physical, it's very tough, but mentally, it's very tough too. Yeah. And, and what kind of like training or drills were you expected to do on a daily basis? So we woke up like around eight. 
start training the dojo. Then by 10, the wrestling class started. And in the beginning, I was trained like by Akiyama Jun and Yuma Ayagi, that is the other guy. Then Tajiri-san brought him, so it was really cool experience because Akiyama and Aoyagi-san was like old Japan classic style, that is good. But Tajiri-san was like international, international yeah. experience. So from WWE, Mexico, Europe, and Japan, New Japan, Old Japan, Old Big Japan, all this kind of company. So it was really like, like my favorite training are with Tajiri-san. So when I did training, I always recorded video about it. And we did that kind of train until like maybe two or three hours or, or more. Then we cook chanko for everyone. Especially I cook sometimes, then young boy come and they cook for everyone. And later on, like I do gym training. So I start two hours, one hour, two hours of gym training. And then finally, maybe some cardio at night, and then rest finally, some buff, because we had a big buff at the dojo, so that was cool. Wow. And that was what, five, six, seven days a week? Yeah. Was it uh, nearly every day? Yeah, six, seven days a week. Wow. Wow. That, that sounds pretty grueling. But uh, I'm guessing that you loved it, you enjoyed it, the experience was fantastic. When you were out there in the ring when you were finally performing in an all Japan ring, what, what did you acclimatize to uh, not only a different country, but, but a different fans, maybe a different style of wrestling. How quickly did you adapt to wrestling over in Japan? I took me uh, like quite a little bit because I didn't have much experience still. I wrestled a few times in the UK and a few times like maybe in Germany, like one times in Germany. So I wasn't ready for Japan. It was completely different. So it took me quite a bit to adapt, and especially because I was being nervous. So, and like being nervous. So first, for example, the first time I was keep eating my nails that another wrestler, another wrestler came in and was like, yo, relax, because it was at the cork and hole. So I was like, fucking, Wow. eating all my fingers and it was like eight man tag so four four so it was not so tough match but you know it was my first match in japan so i was like wow nervous yeah very nervous especially for like excited but very nervous yeah absolutely and uh, you mentioned tajiri now over the two and a bit years that you were there you wrestled tajiri a lot uh, mo mostly kind of in, in competition, sometimes uh, teaming up with him. But Tajiri is, is a legend. You, you mentioned he's wrestled all over the world at a very, very high level. Um, and yeah, wherever he's gone, he, he's been kind of main eventing. How was that to kind of be in the ring with Tajiri? And, and what's the guy like? What sort of relationship did you have with him outside of the ring as well? So... Um wrestle with Tajiri, you know, he's a guy that you watch on TV. Mm. He's the guy now who's been my mentor. So I was like, yo, wow. And he's so talented. I wrestled him like maybe four or five times. And every time I had to learn something, every time I had like to like always learn that little details, that little details that make me improve. 
So it was like every time I enjoy wrestling and music, it really took care of me in Japan because it was like kind of my Japanese dad because he took care of me. He always, when we go out on tour and maybe there was no foreigner, he was the guy take a look for me. Because, you know, when you go on tour, like Japanese maybe go by himself to drink or eat. Yeah. But Tajiri always asked me if I wanted to go out and stuff like that. That's cool. That's really, really cool. And I mean, just jumping ahead a little bit to this year and the um, the, the junior uh, battle of glory tournament, which you eventually ended up winning. Now you actually defeated Tajiri in one of the first matches of that tournament, but two years earlier, you lost to, to Tajiri in a first round match of the same tournament. So in that two year period, it shows how you've improved, how you've come along. But another full circle moment where you lost to Tajiri to, to, to two years ago and then you defeated him um, in the same tournament two years later. So how does that make you feel, that that kind of progression, that development that you've had in that time? Yeah, it's like, you know, wrestling is good and storyline is the best part about wrestling. And this was like a long-term storyline. So I did like two years where he beat me like four times. Yeah. Like in title match, in like junior battle of glory and in title match. So it was like finally the push I needed to like make me believe like the trophy winner. So everyone like at the arena was like, oh, he, he didn't expect that because everyone was expecting Tajiri to win. So that what like long term story is about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you did end up winning that, that tournament um, earlier on this year. I think it was around June time and, and four matches in two nights. I think you had one match on one night and three the next. So a, a great 48 hours for you. But but sum up that tournament for us if you can, because uh, you beat um, L Lindemann in the final. But uh, four excellent matches that, that must have been the highlight of your career up to that point. Yeah, that- it was a very tough experience for like my oh, yeah. you. Like very, very like tiring experience, but the best to date, like with the championship and stuff. But it was the first like my big first accomplishment. So like the trophy it was huge. And I was the guy like that finally after a long time one guy won the tournament. The one guy did won the tournament. And at 21 years old, so my girlfriend was there at the time. So it was really special to me because my family watched it, my friend watched it, my girlfriend watched it. So it's that kind of stuff that like, yeah, finally I did that. Yeah, like one Italian guy, never Italian guy did before me. I don't know if some European did, but I don't think, but I did like the first one today i'm the winner so it was really cool experience not oh, history making history making an absolutely fantastic win over them two days um no, a, a fantastic trophy as well yeah, a huge trophy absolutely and then and then i think it was only three weeks later 
that uh, you were in a, a championship match for the All Japan Pro Wrestling World Junior Heavyweight Championship. And I know that you'd fought for the championship before, but this time you were successful. And uh, this time you kind of topped off your career with All Japan by being the junior heavyweight champion. How, how did that make you feel? Because you must have felt like that was the best moment of your career so far. And you must have been on a, a real high after that match. Yeah, I was because I wrestled for the title back in February in 2020 and against one Dragon Gate guy and I really enjoyed the match. Like match was great. The guy was Susumu Yukuska. He's a really talented guy, so I very enjoyed that. But in June I was like wrestling in one of the biggest arena that all Japan did like in a couple of years because we did some big arena but Ota World was the biggest so far, and like in Tokyo, the most special, one of the most cool. The arena is really cool, like very hot inside, but really cool arena, like kind of new. And wrestling, like walking down the the carpet, like with fans watching with like like a star, like makes me feel like wow, I'm doing this. And when I won, and like people actually whoa, expect didn't expect it because. I was the underdog, you know, like Sami Zayn, underdog from the underground. So yeah. it, it was Koji Iwamoto, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was, Iwamoto-san that you beat. Yeah, it was Koji Iwamoto, and like, like the same that Sami Zayn said, the underdog from the underground, because nobody expected me to win. Yeah, exactly this match, and it was really, really emotional for me, and like everyone in backstage congratulated me too. So. That's not something that Japanese wrestler does often. Yeah. So, but I was very happy about it. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. And you know, being the first European to do it, it makes it make made it more special for me. Oh, hundred percent, absolutely. But but you had to return back to Europe. Um, was there a particular reason why you left Japan? Was it was it a, a, a decision that you made um, because of the pandemic, or what was the decision behind leaving Japan? I stayed like in Japan one year and nine months without left, without leaving. Yeah. So it was like nearly two years straight. And even if I had like special person like my girlfriend there, and it really helped me a lot to stay there and focus on my goals and everything. I missed my family because I didn't see my little brother, my big brother and my mom in a long time. So I was just like, I want to go home and wrestling in Europe, doing like WXW, Ref Pro, ICW, OTT, all these big company. So I want like, Japan is awesome. I want to go back to Japan. But I want to learn some other experience. So that was why. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just my final question on Japan. Um, but what were your some, uh, some of your other highlights or some of your other favorite moments or matches while you're out in Japan? Uh, we, we mentioned about Tajiri and your fantastic success with All Japan. But uh, were there other memorable matches or opponents or moments that you'll never forget? So like some really special moment would be the, the Tajiri relationship, the Tajiri matches, the Kento Mihara match. Like Kento Mihara, I think, is one of the top three wrestlers in Japan. And I wrestled with him. 
and it was really cool match for me the win of the trophy the win of the championship and especially the trust that they gave to this italian young kid because when i went there i was just like 62 kilo but when when i left i was like 80 so yeah they believe no one was at 62 kilo in old japan when i came so i never thought they actually take me yeah yeah and you, you had a great time and like you say it's a company you'd like to go back and wrestle for in the future your your heart is very strong for all japan pro wrestling yeah yeah um, got a question uh, from a person you might know fairly well, but uh, Gary Ward has been in touch. And uh, Gary asks, uh, what or who has been your biggest influence in AJPW? I know we've spoken a lot about Tajiri, but uh, there must have been a lot of other really strong influences um, that helped you while you're over in Japan. Uh, one of the guys that like influenced me the most because he's kind of like big presence. He was Jun Akiyama when he was there and he didn't go to DDT. He was like the guy that was teaching us. So even if he was very hard and very tough trainer, I was always look out for him. Like, because I love his match when he was every time, even now, but especially when he was early old Japan, early Noah, he's really good wrestler. And so he influenced me, he influenced me a lot or Kento Mihara too. Because other than good wrestler, he's a good dude. He's a yeah. really nice guy, and like we laughed and joke a lot. So you know, it's that kind of friendship that you need when you're far from home. Jake Lee oh. too. So yeah, like this guy are the top of my influence there. Jake Lee especially because he's such a nice guy too. That's really cool. And we've spoken about what a fantastic year you've had this year, um, and and. You, you were um, mentioned or uh, listed inside the PWI Top 500 as well, which um, is the first time an Italian wrestler has been inside the PWI Top 500. So I, I know that you're very, very proud of being listed inside the PWI Top 500. Uh, t tell us about that. When you first found the news that you were going to be in this year's 500, how did you feel? I mean, I think I'm the first Italian this here. But I think Bruno was before. If All right, yeah. they did before, or like Fabian Eichner too, probably. But like this year I was the only one, so of course. really cool. And I didn't expect it actually to be for me three hundred and seventy three, I think. No, three hundred I don't know. Uh three oh was it three oh six? Three oh six, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I yeah. was putting like seventy position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Putting like 306, it was like very high number for me yeah. because it's like 500 of the best wrestler in the world. And me at 21 years old from Italy, the only one, the only guy I'm there with the other. So I'm planning to be back in the next year too, even in higher position. Yeah, but it's got to happen. Like, yeah, it was magical experience because even if many people are in wrestling Many wrestlers think it's just a list. For me, it's like an accomplishment to the job I did, all the hard work I did during this year. It's like something, okay, Akira, you're on the map. Now it's time to get the job done, you know? Still, still a lot of work to do, but 
you know, we are seeing you. So it's for me, it's cool. Yeah. It's like some some to push in your fire. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we know that you're very fast paced in the ring, um, a very athletic style, but you also like a good physical match as well, don't you? I've seen many of your matches where you, you've not been afraid to lay it in, you've not been afraid to take the punishment as well. You do like a physical match, but who would you say has been some of your, your toughest opponents in your professional wrestling career? And you, 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 at the end of the match, you know you've been in a real kind of battle with that with that person. Mm. Oh, especially in Japan, of course, after you go outside from Japan, you get kind of hard because they teach you to be hard. Uh, Suwama, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Suwama, that is like the World Tag Champion in all Japan. He's a very big guy and he hit very strong. Ishikawa Shuji, that I had a couple of men, like, more than a couple of matches, so he's very strong too. And like many guys, especially in Japan, they eat strong, so you need to take it. Like you need to grow up your like building and your resistance to that. And little by little, it feels like it's not so strong anymore because you're used to it. It's still yeah. strong, but you get used to it. Yeah, you've built up that tolerance, haven't you? That strong style mentality. Um, but uh, you, you definitely love a good match. I've seen that in the matches that I've seen. We've, we've got another fan question that came in earlier on from an Ashley Clements. And uh, um, are there any uh, anyone in the UK or Europe um, that you'd like to go up against that you've not had a chance to yet? So any, any kind of opponents that you have your eye on either in Europe or over here in the UK? I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers I would like to go. The UK... There's a guy called Will Osprey that I really would like. You know, everyone knows him. That would be a phenomenal. He's a friend of mine, and he's one of my favorite wrestlers, so him. But many young guys like, you know, uh, Ethan Allen, Luke Jacobs, Chris Ridgway. I really wanted to wrestle him, but unfortunately I can't. But like OJ Moe and Rob Hicks, I really want to wrestle him again. And luckily I'm doing it in two weeks. But there's so many young wrestlers in Germany too, like a lot of young wrestlers or older wrestlers like Axman. I would like a single match with Axman. And Karan Mar is one of my favorite too. Marius Halani is really good wrestler too, I think. Oh, yeah. Like so many good wrestlers. And after Corona, you know, many guys left and many things happened. But the good guys, like, and all the talented guys are still here for, like, make wrestling grow up. So, yeah, there's a lot of girl, a lot of guys that I would like to face. And, you know, even make Italy scene grow up because we have some interesting guys and girls here. So help open the door for them, too. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, first of all, we, we want to kind of wish you a, a speedy recovery and we hope that your, that your rehab continues really, really well so we can see you back in the ring sometime soon. And, and that match with Chris Ridgway um, that would have happened at Wrestle Carnival this coming weekend, that's got to happen yeah. because I think that you two would have a phenomenal match. Um, ha, ha, have you faced Ridgway before? No, I never faced Ridgway, but I heard he's very strong. Like he's very tough opponent. So I was really looking forward to that.
but he's strong, so yeah, I can't wait to wrestle him, but I never worked with him before. Yeah, and like I say, he's got that Japanese background because he worked yeah, in exactly. uh, Noah for quite a while and uh, definitely a, a pure striker. Um, so that would be a great matchup when you do finally get in there. And hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. But uh, before we let you go, um, an opportunity for you to throw out any social media plugs. So uh, where people can reach out to you, say hi, get to know more about Francesco Akira um, and uh, all about your, your, your wrestling career. So do you have your socials, Francesca? Yeah, I have Francesca. like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want. And I'm called Francesco some of your addresses at the bottom there, as a matter yeah, of fact. Exactly. Francesco Akira is there on. And if you want, I have my new T-shirt on too, so just drop me a message. And just like, if you like my work, keep supporting me. I really appreciate all the support. It's very important for me. I really enjoyed this time, man. It was great to have a chat with you. I hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely. And I uh, can't wait to see you kind of backstage one day, hopefully, so we can uh, uh, say thank you for your appearing on this show. But uh, Francesco Akira, you've been a, a fantastic guest to have on our three year anniversary show. So for a special show, we've had a, an extra special uh, guest. So uh, thank you very much. And I hope that your recovery from your injury is, is a speedy one, my friend. Thank you. Take care. Thank Bye, you ciao. for coming on.